Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And we have two incredible, wonderful, lovely guests with us. We have Joan Ford, writer for Thundercats and DC Superhero Girls. Yeah, hi, Joe. Hi, 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 Kate. Hi, hi, Dave. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, so excited to have you. Coming on here. And we have David Zwick, fan of Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Hi, David. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me. That's what I'm known for. He's a fan, folks. <laughs> if you Google him, that is the first thing that will come up. <laughs> Thank you both for joining us at uh, 6.20 p.m. It's been fucking midnight for two hours, so it feels late as fuck. So I really just appreciate you guys joining us uh this time oh thank you this is <laughs> oh thank you so much this mu- is uh, like the longest i think i've ever been like booked for a podcast i think we were talking about this before yeah. the show but like <laughs> i and i think uh, dave is the same we both like uh like two well, i feel like it's been like two years since we talked about me me doing this episode there's a lot of yeah. personal build-up to me yes. talking about this movie with you guys and yeah. it's just so wonderful to for it to finally be here yeah when dave mentioned the podcast i mentioned like in this movie he kept me on the back burner i think both avengers movies came out between <laughs> knowing i could potentially be on the podcast yes. and it happening now yeah there you it's go it's a thrill i remember when i finally scheduled it for like around this this time of year the pandemic last september i don't know it, it was could, could be september or it could have been right Certainly before the pre-pandemic. pandemic because Certainly. yeah that because makes sense. i showed you that i had it you scheduled I, I like flashed on my phone my, my calendar to you while I was working at UCB, which is no longer open. And I flashed to you the schedule of your name on it while we were like in the inner sanctum. So there you go. And when I saw it, I thought, sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess I'm free then. I'll say yes to this thing in 2020. Yeah. We like to keep our guests waiting. Mm. <laughs> Do you have a podcast end date with that much yeah. planning? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, do you, have, who do you have? Li- <laughs> who do you have lined up for Hellboy 2019? Finally, we'll talk to Mike Mignola about what Hellboy 2019. <laughs> yes. Well, we did cover I'll be like, that. Fuck off. <laughs> we did already cover 2019. We didn't delay on that one. Okay. We did, oh yeah, we, we did. Talk we about took two people that had never read Hellboy before, and it was miserable. <laughs> Everyone as, hated it. As someone who who's read Hellboy, not as much as y'all, but who has read Hellboy, it was it was pretty miserable. <laughs> it was a bummer. Yeah, it was a bummer. bummer. Big, Big time. time bummer. But this uh, one, less of a bummer. I not so say. much a bummer. Yeah, yeah, we're here to talk about Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, the second uh, directed film by Guillermo del Toro. Mm. I'll, I'll let you take it over, Kate. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it came out in 08 and uh, starring Ron Perlman, Selma Blair, and Doug Jones. And it says in the Hellboy Wikipedia, a loosely, loosely based upon the Dark Horse comic series Hellboy, Which I would say is fair. It like deviates in a ton of ways from the comic, but as its own thing, standing alone is like pretty neat, is like a pretty cool movie. (laughs) Starts off right off the bat. It's Christmas of 1955 and baby little baby boy Hellboy is getting a (laughs) bedtime story from Trevor Broom, which just like he's like, oh, daddy, could you just tell me the whole epilogue of the story we're about to see, please? And he does. He tells him like... (laughs) It's it's done in like a fun way, in a way that reminded me a lot of the Lord of the Ring, like when Lord of the Rings like described the like 
initial fight with Sauron and shit. Like, it's like a big, big battle over this, like, huge army that is controlled by, instead of a ring, it's the crown or whatever. Mm-hmm. A fun, so like, like, raising your hands. Oh, no, I was gonna say, a fun, I know, a fun budget-saving way, a fact I know about, was that Del Toro did want to shoot that, like, full, like, full Lord of the Rings, like, c- big CGI army style, and then, like, their their budget kept getting cut, and he was like, well, then they, that was the, 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 that was the decision for, like, well, they're gonna look like puppets. That makes so much sense. But it's a very it cool animated it sequence. Is. I love it. I do like cool. how the look of the puppets is kind of incorporated into the look of the elven like people later. Like almost this like uh, this like painted wood with like shards out of it is kind of replicated in the skin of mm. the like royal family of elves or whatever. Like they have like these little like notches out of their face. Visually, I think it it does it justice. It's, I mean, okay, so for for the opening, like, for literally, like, the title and shit, that's very of its time to me, where it's, like, gears are moving and, like, yes, stuff yeah. is falling into place. That was the first yeah. thing I was like, okay, it's, this maybe didn't yeah, all those, perfectly. It feels like X-Men Yeah, all those that. 2000 Spider-Mans, we go yeah. inside of their veins say, for the it, opening. It, it reminds me of, like, the opening of every... X-Men movie, but like if it was if it, it was but if it was like steampunk. Yeah, completely. Completely. It was so exactly. of its time. And like uh, you know, a little silly in that regard. Hellboy, Hellboy is a little kid. I don't hate him as a little kid. I, I'll be honest, I, I fucking hate him. I have a fun <laughs> I, can I can I throw out a fun another can I throw out a fact I've got a fun Please fact. Do. Uh, Please do. Uh so bi- young young Hellboy actually played by an adult woman. Hell wow. that's, that's, like really? that's like an adult woman I think from like the effects team that they put in like l- like little boy makeup. That's very convincing. That's like Isn't some it crazy? Yes. Well I gotta say she does a wonderful job. Truly, uh, you hate, but but if it had been a little boy, Dave, you'd be like more pissed I, I'd off. Turn off. I would turn off my anger. <laughs> what didn't you like I about mean, the depiction of young Hellboy? Like, is there something you think you would change, or it just like I, bumped you that there was like a cute little Hellboy or something? I I think it. I think everything bumped me in a weird way. Of it, of him just. I get it. I'm gonna just. I'll I'll, I'll say it's Guillermo del Toro's. Hellboy, it's not yeah. Mignola's. So I have to yeah. fully understand that. I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna try to eliminate that from any criticism or yeah. I'll, it'll just, we'll, I'll never get us going forward. But I mean, I just, I just thought that the, it, it just felt so stylized to a point of old timey, goofy fuckingness that it just, it drew, it drew me out of it. It made it look, it didn't, it didn't make me feel like this was the same person that grows up to be the character at all. Like, yeah. the kidness of it was just so laid on that I was like, what the fuck? I you, feel you're like growing it's up in the like, army, in the military. Why are you acting like this I mean, this Del Toro very just likes meek... to tell fantasy stories. Yeah. He likes to tell fantasy stories to kids. And he's like, you know, it's that kind of hit me like the same as like Pan's Labyrinth or like, like his, he wants to like put things in the context of a, of a fantasy story being told to a kid to like, like literally he's doing it on the screen and then to us as the viewer, I think he wants to do that where it's like suspend your disbelief and this is fun. And then he literally shows throughout the movie Frankenstein and uh, like the creature 
like he's uh, the creature from the black lagoon like he's trying to i think really make his own universal monster movie in a way that like he didn't have the rights to do these other movies but maybe he like sorry if i'm fucking rambling here too but that's, that's what i think that's i think that's what he's going for in a big way I mean, yeah. I mean, he's been trying forever to make like a universe. Like, he's been trying forever to like, make like a universal horror movie. I think like he's had like Frankenstein's in the work. He's definitely had like Black Creature from the Black Lagoons in the work, and like he never gets to make those. But he then makes like these things, or like The Shape of Water is yeah. is, is where he like it's like fish man. This, this is as, this is as close to the to it as I'm gonna get. Totally. Which I mean, you know, I mean, The Shape of Water is pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. And I'm a big fan of Shape <laughs> and he got an And he got a best picture for it. So good and for it. Good for director, it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I would, I just, I'm going to try to get over my kid thing and just real quick. I, I, I just felt like we immediately meet him and it, I feel like he's not just childish. He's just dumb. Like he thinks that that fucking puppy is like, it's not a puppet. I'm like, what? What are you talking oh, about? Yeah, also, you mean, yeah that's right. You, that's what, yeah. you grow up with the mo- one of the most intelligent characters that I know, the Professor Broom, and you're in the military. I'm like, you. why is he not influenced it, by anything? It just allowed him? for a callback <laughs> yes. later because yeah. he does say yeah. howdy yes. doodly. I think, Dave, you were craving just a role reversal in that scene. You wanted a grumpy kid and a dad who's excited to tell a fairy tale. Not a grumpy kid. I wanted a kid yeah. that actually, to that kid, I don't think, I think was so meek and like, oh, tell me a story versus like, I think the Hellboy, and this is taking from Mignola and the iterations of a young Hellboy, I think is a bit adventurous, is more of like rambunctious and really w- would be like, I want to go out. I want to go out. I want to see the, like, I want to like, he has a dog and stuff in the in the comic book, which doesn't, whatever, that take it or leave it. But I, I feel like he would be more of like, uh, they'd have to get him off the obstacle course. Mm. This this Hellboy, I'd be oh, like, like you'd be like afraid of the obstacle guy. course. I don't want to run the obstacle I course. I think truly it's just Del Toro <laughs> being like, this is you, audience, and you are going to sit here and listen to a story. You're like, really, right. I think it's just as simple as that. Like, just kind of give a little quick synopsis of the backstory of these elf people. <laughs> they, um, yeah, so we got Prince Nuada, uh, and Baylor, the the king of the elves who controls the golden army. The golden army is like so, too powerful, so Baylor the king breaks up the crown into three parts, gives one to Prince Nawada and one to his twin, uh, who is named um um Nawata. No, it's just instead of a D, it's a T, I believe. Cool. It's the difference. Princess Nawada. Uh, and Nuata. then keeps like a piece to himself and or an L. She's Nuala, sorry. Nuala. Nuala. Okay. That makes sense. Uh yeah. So and it can only be the crown can only be worn by somebody of royal blood. And uh Nuada the prince, who's like, this is a bad idea. I think the golden army's cool, leaves like out of frustration or whatever and goes into exile and shit. Um and yeah, and then it cuts to Trent, New Jersey, where the location of the BPRD is in this movie, which is just like, whatever. In the comics, it's in Connecticut, and in the movies, it's in Trent. For maybe they just could film in Trent. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what well, I mean, this is one of those things where I think where D- Del Toro from the beginning already deviated from the book. Yeah, is that I think the book is like uh, in its own universe where. BPRD is an accepted 
thing that's in the world. Like the public would know about BPRD. Yeah. Hellboy would be sort of somebody that the public maybe haven't seen him in person, but they know he exists. Ab- like the paranormal are part of normal life in the in the comic book, whereas in this, Guillermo it's definitely like was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do Ghostbusters plus Men in Black." And all of that, well, and keep it secret. I also, well, I mean, I wonder how much of that is Del Toro, and how much of that is like, because I know the first one, he was like really like like chained down by stu- like what the studio wanted, which is why, like, I know, I I know, like that's why they had they they had that like human main character that like Del Toro yeah. like did not yeah. want. So I, and like, I could definitely see the studio, the studio also being like, and like, it has to be more men in blackish. It has to be more goes. It has to be more like, you know, like it's a secret agency. Cause that's how this is. And it feels like this movie. Cause I think this was like right after pan's labyrinth when basically this was like his like blank check. You get to do whatever one, you get one, do whatever you want movie after pan's labyrinth was like huge. I feel like he did a lot of like, a lot of that is like undone in this movie. Like right off the bat, we, we that I can't even remember that main character's name. He's so Myers. forgettable. Yeah, Myers is gone. <laughs> yeah, and he then gets, like literally, Hellboy ships him to Alaska or something. Yeah. Gets him transferred to yeah. Antarctica or and some like, shit. And then, uh, and then, like pretty quickly in this movie, the the this movie like shifts into like okay, everybody like that's like the kind of one of, like. I, I'd argue there's a lot of there's a couple storylines with different inciting incidents, but one of the inciting incidents is definitely like, and now the world knows about the BPRD. So I wonder like how much of that is like Del Toro like being like bye 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 studio notes from from yeah. the first one. I that's a, I, I mean that's yeah. a good argument. I uh, I my only my only thought on that is like he still then brings it back to being freaks and stuff, which I True. Sort of is, is a little too mutants for me versus what I like in the book. It's more like, yeah, you're, you know, we just accept that people yeah. just accept it. That is, but that is very like Del Toro ish. That thing of like, there, there are beautiful freaks. Yes, yeah. I yeah. agree. <laughs> and, but yeah, like, like you said, I mean, everybody's talking about men in black. I literally wrote down BPRD men in black hallway. Because they're like walking down the hallway and seeing different kind of like demonic instances happen and like various like doors or laboratory doors are opening and there's like something with tentacles writhing around and they have to tamp that down and then move on. Like we're kind of getting a quick like snapshot of what the BPRD is supposed to be. Yeah, just kind of explaining like we're in hiding and we're, you know, we're the X-Men right now. Like it's it's straight up X-Men slash Men in Black, which, yeah, just reeks of, like, executives being like, it has to be exactly like this. And then we get to, we get to, like, a thing that really defines the movies is, like, the relationship between Liz and Hellboy. And that's, like, introduced to us pretty, like, right off the bat. They're fighting about, like, the dishes and Hellboy's, like, untidy. And Liz is like, I want to... (laughs) <laughs> I want to address this space. untidiness. I need space. <laughs> and you have eight tracks. Why do you have eight tracks? And then she burns Hellboy's eight tracks. Like they're having, they they have a bad relationship. They don't communicate well or get along well with each other. It's like sad to see. I had such a good memory of this movie. <laughs> and same, same. I got to say, this didn't factor into it no. at all. No. <laughs> like the, weirdly, the relationship between Liz and Hellboy, I didn't remember. Right. I think that's the thing. It's At like, all. In, so, I mean, you know, to harp on it some more about the difference between the comic and the movie. 
in the comic, Hellboy has like zero romantic attraction to Liz. Liz comes into the BPRD as a kid, basically as like a 12 year old or something. And Hellboy's basically like, hey, I'm not scared of you. So you don't have to be you don't have to be scared of the BPRD. And that's kind of his whole thing is like not quite like father figure, but like friend almost. And in these movies, it is so much their romantic relationship. It like is such a driving thing in in the movies. And it's also like their relationship is bad. Like I, I wish I wish they got along in the movie a little bit. Like I wish there was more like fun banter between them. I feel like there's a lot of room for that, but like yeah. a lot of it was bickering. Yeah, it's like some of Blair did not get a lot yeah. to do. It's like in yeah. that first, it feels like, you know, it, it there should have been some like, yeah, they're bickering at home, but then when they get out of the field, like, let's see some like, let's see some cool like combo moves they can do together. Let's see yeah. that like when they're like working professionally, they really like they, they just gel. I think that would have been like such a so very fun but like in those like in all the action sequences it's just kind of like hellboy like yelling at her to use her firepowers until she uses her firepowers (laughs) (laughs) it's a terrible relationship there's no chemistry (laughs) they're bickering at each other like he had to have physically put her toothbrush in that can of of cat food. It's like that couldn't that didn't that happen rules. by accident. A cat didn't do that. Yeah, that's like not an that's not an accident at all. Like it's sticking up. Like someone shoved it in. And when he tells her where it is, it's not like oh no, it's in there. He's just like there it is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and also, sometime early in the movie, she finds out she's pregnant. And just doesn't tell Hellboy who she's in a relationship with, which is like Liz's prerogative. But it's also like it becomes a thing in the movie. Like it's like like when I was watching it with Jessica, uh, my fiance, and Jess goes, is she going to keep it? I was like, are you fucking joking right now? You think she's going to get a fucking abortion in this movie? Like, no. Like she's going to burn it out of her? I love that that was on the table in this movie. I did. I'm like, every time she set out a fire, I'm like, are you cooking that baby? What's going on? Is that yeah. baby like oh, 260 guess, internal temperature? I guess those because it was like Hellboy. Maybe it had this like does Hellboy maybe Hellboy, Hellboy sperm has this. Hellboy yeah. sperm can tolerate yeah. high yeah. temperatures. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it was very like it, it's it really reminds me of like the relationship between. Um, John Cusack and I forget the her name, but the from uh, um from High Fidelity, where it's like that was a big yeah, part of yes. High Fidelity. It was like that she doesn't tell him that she's pregnant. I'm like, that's not a, that's like a, that's a movie about like toxic relationships. Right, it's like bad communication, and like it's not really treated as such. Like it's like treated as like a surprise that we'll tell Hellboy at the end that about this baby or whatever. Yeah. And I guess in the like. Some, you know, in some reality, Del Toro is going to make a third one with this cast and stuff. And maybe that would come into play at that time. But like, yeah, it in this movie right now, the one that you're making now, it just comes across as like, man, these guys maybe shouldn't be parents or they should be parents and separated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they gave the B story too many problems. So many. It was just like this relationship isn't working at home and she's yeah. pregnant and it's too. It's not a perfect movie. No, no. for sure. I, I I mean, okay. I just like oh, it man. a lot. Like, we will definitely get to the stuff that I love about this movie. Oh, but I, I, yeah. Right off the bat, there were a couple things where I'm like, okay, okay, we gotta hopefully get past this part. I mean, I mean, let's just 
put it out there. I mean, anything Guillermo del Toro touches when it comes design-wise, him and his team yeah. are amazing. I, the practical effects in this movie are so wonderful and lovely. I do wonder if that's why they rushed Hellboy 2019 into production, because they were like, oh shit, del Toro has an Oscar. If we don't do something, he's going to make another Hellboy. <laughs> I wish, God, I wish that was the case and Guillermo would have fucking done it. I, I do too. I, I would yeah. prefer the, another one at his that's not canon with the comic or near it than fucking what we got in 2019. <laughs> like, okay. And then, so we're pretty much going to, uh, we're present day. Uh, Prince Nawada is coming back because he wants all the pieces to the crown so he can control the golden army. He, he lives in the sewer like a ninja turtle. He lives yeah. in the sewer, down in the sewer with his friend, Mr. Wink. Yeah. I uh, love the name, Mr. Friend. Wink. Mr. Wink, the, the name, honestly, I was like, this is fine. He could be named whatever. It's like, it's very silly yeah. to me that he's named Mr. Wink. Um, but, you know, real he's quick, down practicing quick. doing flips down there. It's so silly to me. This is one, I think this, and I, I'm sorry to say, but I do think this is one of Guillermo del Toro's shortcomings slightly as a director. His action, I find, other than Pacific Rim, I find his action a little dull. I didn't and like hate the, all the flip. I was like, this guy loves to flip. I, I never, I never hate it, but it does feel a little power injuries to me, or it's like unnecessary flips of swords. He loves but to like, do it. I was like, why isn't this character? Nawada loves is, to flip. Yeah, I wonder if this is what Joan also suggested. If this is a budgetary thing, why not have our badass prince when he's introduced have him fight somebody or a group of people? Rather than just watch him train where I can be like, yeah, you could train. That doesn't prove to me that you could fight a group of people. But he slices a little <laughs> drop of water in half. I do a like a little slice of water. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Yeah. I was like, that's good. And then even today I was like, I was like, I wonder if anybody, if that's like Prince Nawada is like anybody's fave. But then I'm on this like Hellboy Facebook group. And somebody today were like, my favorite character is Prince Nawada. They sold his swords back in the day. All I can find is them on eBay for $5,000. Does anybody have a hookup for Prince Nawada swords? And I was like, okay, so somebody fucking loves this character. They want to buy his swords. $5,000? Five grand. Five said, large that's for the Nawada yeah, swords. That they seems look, crazy. They look like a knife that's been like truncated, like cut off at the tip with like um, a bottle opener at the other end. Like there's the blade part, and then on the other end, there's a little bottle opener. They don't I, look bad. I'm making them sound bad, but I know. I just I feel like for a movie that like was a bomb, like that's uh, that's a lot for like if if like you know there the, you know there's just, like a lot of there's a lot of 08 superhero uh, like stuff that I I assume is more sought after, but I'd still be surprised to find out like like a a batarang goes for five grand. Yeah, was it a bomb? What I don't I'm, I guess it wasn't a I don't know if it was a bomb, but it was it like let's look it up right now, dude. It, it was definitely I mean like 08's like the like and this is like something I definitely want to talk about, but 08 is definitely like the game changer superhero year. And like, like Hellboy Two is definitely like the like the like sad little afterthought of it. It did like fine. Okay, so yeah. it made a hundred sixty eight million. Uh, that's what it grossed, and its production buzz budget was about eighty five million. So yeah, so, so it, it did make money, but yeah, it wasn't like a huge booming success. Like, uh, you know, and I guess coming out after Iron Man, after Iron Man, but the like week before the Dark Knight, I'm pretty. Wait, no, is that right? 
Yeah, oh, wow. the week before the Dark Knight, because Iron Man, because I think I think Iron Man was also 08. Yeah, Iron Man was May. I'm pretty sure Iron Man was May. This was I remember this summer pretty well. This was July 11th, and then Dark Knight was like July 20th or 21st. Wow. So this, yeah. I got a week before it was just like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you come off of Iron Man where people are just like, oh, wait, this can be, these can be fun and feel real. And then you get Dark Knight where everybody was like creaming their jeans, every nerd. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. Heath Ledger died. You're not, no one's talking about Hellboy too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw a, like a Q&A with Del Toro in that week, the week between this and like Dark Knight. No and I think way. It was, he, yeah. And it was great. I mean, I've seen Where, a couple. In of, Hollywood? Yeah. It was like, it was like the week that the, um, not Hollywood. It was, the, it was like, it was like literally like the week or month that the, the Sherman Oaks, uh, Arclight opened and wow. he and he they were just doing like a lot of like cool stuff to get people to go. There was a there was a Del Toro QA. It was really fun. It was very cool. I got to I got to ask him a question. He was very nice. Uh, no way. But, but you remember wow. the question? I remember I kind of remember the question, but I remember the the uh the answer very well. I was like, you know, what do you I I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something to the extent of, you know, like how do you find time to like write every day? And he's like, you have to become a fat fuck like me. Like just stop exercising. <laughs> Sizing and, like a and not deprecating like a yeah thing. yeah I, I remember no I mean he specifically called himself a fat fuck he's like you must like there's no time for anything else but writing you must become a fat fuck like me and 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 just write all the time <laughs> that's the best writing advice I've ever fucking heard yeah but he was like he was like yeah he's like you know he he was pretty open about like yeah we know that we're about to get like steamrolled damn oh wow that's fucking brutal I mean. You know, it's like not a bad movie. It's like a fun movie. It's I love than like it. Ghost Rider. Yeah. I'm trying I, to think definitely. of other things that came out that weren't so like, you know, we're remembering Batman and we're remembering Iron Man. But there were a lot of comic movies at this point that they were like kind of throwing out trying to make something happen. Yeah. And I think this one's pretty good. OK, so there's an auction happening, like an art auction. They're auctioning off a piece of the crown. Right. They have a huge statue, which I recognize from art history class, the Venus of Villendorf. But it's like a huge, big version of it or whatever. That big, like, that big, like, round lady. Anyway, that's <laughs> as an art, like if my art history class came back to me when I was watching that. Um, the auctioneer is like, who wants to buy this? Then the power goes out. He's like, come on, we're still selling this thing. Then Nuwata comes out. <laughs> And he's like, I'm taking this. Thank you very much. The back exit is guarded by Mr. Wink. And hey, everybody, look out because I'm taking these. Uh, I'm taking this box, opening it, and a bunch of tooth fairies are coming out. And they're all going to, like, eat you up until you're pulp. You know, Hellboy's continuing to have, like, issues with Liz about their, you know, about the organization's secrecy and stuff like that. And they have to go. They have to go. Just investigate this uh, uh, event that happens at the auction. And everybody's concerned because it's going to be like, you know, like Manning from the BPRD is like, you got to play this really cool. You can't be seen by the public. Hellboy's like, got it. Cool. They go immediately. A bunch of BPRD red shirts are like eaten by these tooth fairies. The tooth fairies start to attack everybody. They're like, you know. (laughs) Abe is like, Abe is basically like their exposition guy. He's like, yeah, these things like eat your calcium in your bones, teeth first. 
look out, we're stepping on their poop. And yeah, they start to try to like individually shoot all of these guys, even though Liz is there with her firepower. <laughs> and eventually, they, like, they oh, survive for way too long. Yeah. Longer than I would expect it, yes. to nuts. survive. It's, it's like why it's like tr it's like watching someone trying to like individually shoot like us like bees in a swarm uh, like right. an attacking swarm of bees. It's I'm like watching it, I'm like, Liz is just standing there with a gun in her hand. Yeah. I'm like, just use your power at this point. Like Hellboy's literally pushing over this statue to try to squish them all. I'm like, this you guys are going about this all wrong. Yeah. Um, this is a, would be a great opportunity for them to show off their great relationship and have him be like, Liz, you take care of this. But yeah, so Hellboy. Uh also, did this bother anybody? What's up? <laughs> it's a dumb little th I mean, aside from Abe having to like pull out ancient books for knowledge. Yeah, that he literally like, had a stack of like a collection, like a it's fucking like, penguin. Oh, a, uh, they're about to attack us. Bring out the uh, <laughs> the, the trunk of He's old cracking book. up in a tome. Bring out the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, yeah, I was like, why don't you? You seem smart enough that you would just be able to like study stuff and like think of it, but then like, get the details later. But I love that they're the, the fun detail about those tooth fairies. I thought was that they go for your teeth first. But then that just in their attack was completely gone. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they went for a BPRD dude through the yeah. gut. And I was like, well, I wish that it would, it would make more sense to me if they were on, honestly like after people's teeth at first. Yeah. I would mean, actually could love to survive see that. for yeah. a while. That would be a, that's horrifying. It's yeah. Not, like it they're would be like, so painful. Individually like ripping out teeth or like just <laughs> yeah. gnawing at them. Uh, I love, yeah, yeah. People are scared of the dentist. I think that would have been a really effective thing of like, if a BPRD agent was like ripping them away from his mouth and being like, they're fucking ripping my teeth out and like, yeah. like his open maw with like gums bleeding or something. That would have been fucking horrific. I remember being shocked by the first death in the theaters. I was shocked on my rewatch this time too. Cause it does like, we expect this guy to be yeah. alive, but yeah, no, the fact that they, they set up an expectation that they're going to go for the teeth and we never see them go for the teeth. We just see them meet like a little tooth on the ground, a little CGI tooth. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity. I think there's a lot of cool shit you could really show there. They still, I, I like the design of these little guys. Like I like that they oh, themselves the have they're like these, like, you know, they got a yeah. very round head, a big, big mouth with like their own huge teeth. I, I think they're super the cute. They remind me a little bit of, I don't know if you've ever, anyone's ever watched or read The Max, but The Is yeah. from the, they remind me of The Is from The Max. Yes. Yeah, because it's like all tooth. Yeah, yeah, like what little white face and like, or like, it's just like big mouth with lots of little teeth. Yeah, that yeah. was really fun. I, I did like those little guys a lot. Yeah. Um, and good of course, creature design. Oh, good. I mean, <laughs> that's like the best shit. Like, yeah. Nuada, whether you like, you know, that he was sparring by himself or against somebody else. I think the elves look fucking cool. They, Every, they, yes. they distinguish them a lot. Like, I mean, I know we compared the, or I compared the opening to Lord of the Rings, but I think that they really distinguish the look of the elves in this story from Lord of the Rings elves, which is super important in 2008. You got to make this like yeah. specifically Hellboy el universe elves. Um, I love the like almost like scarification thing that they got going on on their face and very like pale, cool looking people. Yeah, I, guess, I would you agree. Know? They're like the spooky, but also alluring kind of in a way. Uh, yeah, they're neat. Um, also, in this fight, Hellboy, of course, who was supposed to like lay low and keep a low profile, um, 
falls onto a car on a busy street and is seen by everyone, including the press. Uh, and he's like, you know, shoots a tooth fairy in the middle of the street with, you know, in front of a woman trying to not get killed or whatever. And is on like the news and Manning's like, how could you help boy? <laughs> you betrayed me. You betrayed me. I asked you to be cool. I gave you Cuban cigars. Yeah. I'm forgetting how exactly how this happens, but around this point, Abe finds out that Liz is pregnant. Because when they figure out in the wall that there's those the the tooth fairies are coming out, he yeah. pushes like a man should do. He oh, pushes right. the woman behind her, her back. puts his, his hand on her stomach, and then goes, "You're pregnant," because <laughs> he has in that. Because in, in this the movie world, reality too, yeah, he's got a he's got like this hand that gives him like extrasensory perception or something. He's able yeah. to like read minds and emotions and shit. So he puts his hand on Liz's stomach and is like, hey, you're pregnant. I know that now. And she's like. Which he can't do in the comics? No, not, not that all. I'm aware. Yeah. not that. He's never displayed it. There's never any like. He's basically like he does like books. He likes to read. But he's essentially very much like a regular BPRD agent. But with, um, you know, obviously he looks very different. And he has like some supernatural ability to like swim really good. <laughs> But he's not, like, reading yeah. auras or anything like that. Yeah. He kind of, like, does the homework that Hellboy doesn't want to do, but he's not he's not in any way, like, psychic or has the ability to, like, read auras and shit like that. He's so cool. I like him a lot. Oh, I love Abe. <laughs> and I do like this version of Abe, too. Like, I like the movie version of Abe in a very, like, Niles Crane kind of a way. But less Niles Crane than the last movie. Yeah. Very, yeah, less, yeah. Because it's all Doug Jones this yeah. one. Yeah, big time. Yeah, the Bureau's pissed, so they get a new BPRD agent, a new leader to kind of rein things in, and that's Johan Krauss, and he's a suit with an ectoplasmic form in it, um, who in the movie is played by a fucking family guy. What's the guy? Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> Who, whose Del- accent sounds like it's from a Disney uh, ride. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Jess couldn't tell it was him at first. So I was like, that's fucking, that's Brian, dude. And she was like, oh, I didn't even realize that. But once you hear it, I feel like you can't not. You can't. Yes. Del Toro, like in the Q&A, like so, like so excited. And I remember about like having Seth MacFarlane. He was like in love. He's like, we needed a, an amazing voice actor. And there's no better voice actor working today than Seth MacFarlane. Wow. I was like, that was like 100 percent. Like he was like wanted Seth MacFarlane in this movie. He must be very professional. I mean, that remains true. What's that? <laughs> There's no better voice actor <laughs> alive. Hey, yes. I hear he's, I hear he's very, I hear he's very fast. That's it. Probably. It's like, this guy saved us a lot of money. He got yeah. every line out in a way that we could use in this movie very quickly. I don't know, like, personally, I don't know, like, stories about him as a person. Uh, I know. I, I I've heard stories that he's a weirdo. Um, yeah. But I've also heard, but I hear that, like, on, like, his, like, 
basically he doesn't like I I I've heard I'm not gonna but I've heard sure. basically he does like all he cares about is the Orville right now and his like attempts to be Frank Sinatra too. Uh, yeah. He does <laughs> say he like I don't think he gives a shit about like those cartoon the cartoons anymore but he yeah. still does the voices because it's like money and it like, makes him a billion dollars at this but, point yeah but uh, basically it's like he can literally just like they hand him a script he comes in he can do uh, he does like every line per like without any direction like just does every line perfect the first time and it's like i'm out and it's there it's like they're like eh, it's like it'd be obnoxious if he wasn't perfect right I mean, yeah. that's really good. I mean, be that's it. what Sinatra yes. was. Sinatra was a one take. That's what guy. I like. Sinatra. Do you know, not to go off on a set of Seth MacFarlane, please but do you do. know that please please. I hear MacFarlane spent like a, like a million dollars bought to buy Frank Sinatra's like microphone. The one he recorded all like of his like classic albums on. And I like, I really wonder if like, he's like recording like Peter Griffin on like Sinatra's microphone right now. <laughs> you might be right. I mean, I mean, I think you get the sense that he wants to be like a musical. Like I, I, you would think that it's, like really in his, in his perfect world, he would record an actual musical album and be yeah, just what? be a member of the Rat Pack. He he's recorded like six actual musical what, albums. Dude? I what? did he has, like, <laughs> Yes, yeah, like he has. There's like six or seven Seth. Ma he's not. He's Have been nominated. Not even heard of them. At yes, all. look up. Go to Spotify. Put in Seth oh, MacFarlane. I'm already. I don't and know if I want to do that. He has a Christmas. He had a new one come out already this year. He has a Christmas <laughs> album. He has like a, a album of like show tune stand of like they're not even like show tune standards. They're like weird obscure show tunes that only he knows like it's so funny to me it's uh, like oh i i really God. like because like when he was like 22 he was like working on like dexter's laboratory and i really like can't, like just i really wonder if uh, like while he like while on dexter's laboratory he was like talking to the other animators and being like one day I'm going to be, I'm going to be set. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be both this generation's Gene Roddenberry and Frank Sinatra. Wait and see. <laughs> I mean, he was probably like smoking, like putting out a cigarette as he's saying that, like swirling a fucking brandy or some shit. Yeah. But first cow and chicken. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What a ride that guy, that guy, what a life that guy has had. I kind of respect. I kind of respect him. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I'll respect you, him for his career. Why not? I was that you don't respect him. I said I do. Why yeah, would I not? He's like. He's just like. Yeah. He's he's figured out a way to do everything he's wanted to do. Like even when he was they, when Fox was like, you can't make a serious Star Trek. He was like, okay. And then he just took their money and made a serious Star Trek. It's like <laughs> just doing. Like, yeah. I guess so if you can just fun. figure out a way to do live at every one of your dreams, go and do it, man. Yeah. He did it. I mean, he made a shit ton of money doing it. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to disrespect him. It doesn't mean I have to like everything he does, but I don't. No, you I mean, like none to of be it. You know, I used to love family when I was like a kid. I loved family. Like, I haven't watched it in a long, long time, but I did like it a lot. Like I have no, I don't know. If he's like, as long as he's not like a complete creep, then fine. He might be. I don't yeah, know. I don't knows? know for sure. I do. Family I'm, Guy is the first show that introduced me to being burnt out on something. <laughs> I will say American Dad is like my favorite comedy right now. I my love sister's it. in love with American I Dad. Love I love American to, like, Dad. I have to give it a fair shake. I feel like I've watched it. I think I've watched the first season. Um, but there's so many at this point now that I have to like really dip back in, I think. Creatively, I think he has like nothing to do with it other than like doing a couple voices. Okay. 
I gotta watch it. But I, I love it. it. Everybody else watch it. All listeners watch it. Let's take a look here. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to like remember what fucking happens next. Well, Johan Krauss comes. Yeah, I mean, Johan comes in to like rein everybody just in. Just be another foil for Hellboy who yeah. overall is just a bad employee. Let's just, <laughs> Let's just yeah. say it. Hellboy just wants to like eat baby Ruths and like drink Tecate and like, you know, do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> and Johan's like, no, I'm going to be a stickler for the rules, please. They, they, they want to learn more about Prince Nuwata, so they go to like, they they want to find this like troll marketplace. And as they're doing that, they run it, they like have these like little fun kind of like contraptions that they put over their eyes to like see secret magical shit. That's fun. This is the very mission, uh, not mission, sorry, the very uh, men in black part for me. Yeah, yeah. It's like we have the these like toys that we can all play with. He puts that on. It, it is fun to, like, see, you know, it's, like, a little old lady, but if you put on these glasses, you can see that it's, like, a creepy little troll who's, like, hey, I just want to, like, eat cats and I'm scared of birds. And Hellboy's, like, cats? I love cats in the movie for some reason because I guess it humanizes me. So you're going to jail. He, like, punches that old lady. He's, like, show me where the troll uh, troll marketplace is because this is where we're going to find information about the prince. Well, they don't uh, even know the prince yet. They're just tracking down the seller of the tooth fairies. That's oh, that's they, right. That's they're, they're tracking down the there. tooth fairies. That's right. Classic, that's... you know, uh, cop work. <laughs> yeah. It's like a total, <laughs> yeah, total classic noir movie here. They eventually do, like, use this troll, uh, troll lady to, like, find their way into this, fun, like, a very fun, like, Moss Eisley Cantina, but, like, big black market version for like fantasy creatures um kind of a thing where we get to have like a ton of like this is like why del toro is a great director for these hellboy movies because he del toro gets to like show off all of these fun prosthetics and like crazy creatures and stuff like that they get to like walk around and like but yeah yeah you get to see like a lot of cool like creatures in this uh uh, black market kind of a world. This was a moment where, in revisiting, this is what I remember the most from seeing this movie back when it came out was mm-hmm. this, this, this market. I, and I was like, oh, this is what I remember most, and what I what stood out to me. This viewing, I was like, oh, this is cool, but it still feels like another missed opportunity of really opening up what Guillermo del Toro is best at which is these creatures, because I feel like he only really, it's so many people and so much just sort of flies by the front, the, 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 the lens, and we only really focus on, like, a couple of them. We don't really get to really drop in and, like, really blow it out. I guess really they wanted it to out. be, like, this rich kind of a world, like, where sure. you don't have to focus on all of them. Like, to that extent, I, I get it. Um... I don't know. What do you guys think about this whole marketplace situation? I do. It does give us the best line in the movie, which is, I'm not a baby. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I remember I rewatched it and forgot about the tumor line. And Hellboy is, like, shaking down this character and is like, tell me, you know, tell me where I can find the thing that I want to find. And I'm like, Hellboy's literally slapping a dad in the face as he's holding his baby yeah. and getting he's, a shave. And then, of course, just, it leads to, I'm not a baby, I'm a tumor. I'm like, this is just fucking wild. This whole exchange yeah. is wild. 
It's he's just being brutal. He's brutalizing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the only thing like I the the sequences I remember the most are th- this, the two fairies, and the end. Well, the forest god and yeah. the ending. But the thing I struggled with the Mark Place watching on this viewing was just a sense of place because it's connected to the elf world in some way. But like the way in which the elf world and our world are separate is never made clear in the movie. Yes. And so it seemed like in the marketplace, like if you went down enough steps, then we're an elf world. But I don't think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like he like Abe sees the princess in this uh, in this marketplace kind of like flirts with her or whatever, follows her. She, like they follow them down to where this like the remnants of the elf civilization is having like a little meeting, including the elf king. So, yeah, it's like, uh, oh, you guys are just under the bridge. Like you're just under the. Yeah. Fucking Brooklyn Bridge or whatever it is. And, and on top of that, what, this this is market and also that big meeting, of course, when he kills the king and everything. And there's great design work. I love the those uh, crowish soldiers that are all in black that yeah those are cool but i agree with, with uswick like what was bothering me is that in the agreement at the top of the of the of the movie was oh humans can have the cities and pretty much industrial and their industry mm-hmm. right they're machines whereas oh the elves we're gonna stick to the forest but so then i was very fucking confused why they were then their their station was just in this like a sewer in a building. I was like, I don't I, I don't understand the place or what's going on over the period of time when that battle, the gold, the original Golden Army battle occurred, and now yeah. the prince is saying like, oh look, you you're just stuck in this. But I'm like, but why? I don't I don't understand what's why they gotten like. Is it because the world is chopping down woods? I don't know. I guess so. Anybody else? I don't. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it seems uh, yeah. like that. I brought like, up this yeah. issue. I just love to see like a map of like what like Del Toro, th- how Del Toro thought all these places connected. Like I love to. Like I'm not. You know. When we were told like it's underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, I, I like I never quite understood that with me. Do you mean it's like literally underneath it, but in a different dimension that we can't right. see? Is it like a tunnel? It's like, what do you like where like wh- like just physically where it, like when they're in that market, where in relation to the Brooklyn B- Bridge are you standing? Because they have like, to I go just, all the way to Ireland later in the movie yeah. to like find this elven underground lost city and shit. It's like, why? Like. Is that underground area less of a leap from underground Ireland to underground New York? Ah. Blah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hellboy's just like mad about a cigar. He got like a Cuban cigar or whatever. And he's like, I don't know, chasing down cigars and gets mad at Mr. Wink for getting his cigar wet and kills kills him in a pretty fun way. Like uh, Wink gets like churned up in this. I don't know what do you call it, meat grinder or something like that. We skipped over probably my favorite designed character. What's in the that? Whole What's movie, that? Besides the 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 uh, the angel of death, which is a classic, and we'll get to it. But is that guy that um, when Nuala goes to get the map, which I think her plan is ludicrous. By the way, I, it's crazy. It's like, oh, you know, he wants to activate that thing. I know what I'll do. I'll go get the map. Even though I don't want him to get it, I'll get the map and the last piece and I'll hold on to them. You idiot. <laughs> and you're psychically connected. Uh, but I love that guy in the market. 
that in that weird shop that she goes to find it, and he his head shape is like a cathedral of some sort. That yeah. guy is so cool, and I wanted more yeah. of him. <laughs> Those creatures were fucking awesome. The like bank creature, right? Where she's like, "Hey, can you break yeah. this little area and like give me the map?" Um, yeah. I did like the map too. Like all of the like magical items were really, really cool. Very well designed. Yeah. Oh, we also established at this point, like when Nawada goes into like talk, confront his dad and be like, hey, I think that it's uh, dumb of you to not control the Golden Army. I want to do that. Um, you know, there's this big fight. Then during the fight, Nawada gets hurt. And we see that there's like a twin connection where if one of them gets hurt, the other one gets hurt, like by, you know, no, the nosebleed law or whatever. They're like both bleeding out of their noses. So that happens. And, <laughs> you know, and then Nuala is taken with the BPRD just for like her safety. Her and Abe continue to flirt or whatever. Abe puts in contact lenses to look more appealing to her. And they have, like, this awkward kind of exchange of, like, I think you're cute or whatever. Does anybody, like, find this charming? How did you guys perceive this? Little forced, but leads to my favorite scene in the movie, so I, I, I roll with it. What scene? The, the Barry Manilow scene. The can't smile that's, with that. I love that. I love it. I, it's my favorite part of the movie. It's so like so so yeah. Anything, anything that that gets us to that scene, I'm fine with. You're 100 percent right. I mean, like, okay, so Abe, Hellboy catches Abe liking the princess. Is like, oh my god, you like the princess? We got to talk about this and drink a hundred Tecate lights. And so they all and hold the can yeah, perfectly like, hold in it frame. Yeah. Cocktail. I was like, I'm thirsty watching this. And yeah, so they get drunk, and of course they start to sing. I think I can't that smile scene without is great. You. I think the singing together is great. It gets really weird when they drunkenly decide to watch Liz sleep. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, the does have, if, you, if you've ever been like drunk and 22 in a house where some your friend is asleep in the other room. You and your drunk friend are gonna go into that room where they're You're asleep wrong. and start You're bothering bad. You're them. bad people. Yeah, you know what? I'm <laughs> on Kate's side. I'm on Kate's side. No, like, yeah. It's like nice bothering you. I'm not That's gonna like go that. in. As a 22 year old, I'm not gonna go into your room and like, if you have shoes on, I'm gonna like draw a dick on your face. I'm gonna go into the bedroom and caress your face and sing to you, possibly. You know, maybe I, that would happen. I mean, also, I'll say I don't think I obviously Hellboy shouldn't. Oh, wait, I forget. Are they like technically broken up at that point? Where are they? Where? Hellboy and Liz are like. a break. They're okay, just okay, like yeah. kind of rocky, but it's not like over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. Feels uh, definitely don't bring your friend when you're it's checking so, yeah. in on your sleeping girlfriend. Well, they're so both long. in there and they're like just talking about Liz like she's not even there. Drunk and loud as shit. And then just as Abe is about to spill the beans about Hellboy Jr. or whatever, Liz wakes up and is like, Abe, what the fuck? I, you found out about this by accident. I didn't even confide this in you. You don't have fucking permission to tell Hellboy. And he's like, Hellboy's gotta know. Because he's on like some drunk Abe bro code or something. <laughs> yeah. And it like doesn't quite happen because there's an immediate emergency where the prince comes in. And he wants the map and his By sister. Way, oh, yeah. I got to plug in. Like, this is where I think also what Joan said earlier. I was like, this might be like a little bit of Guillermo going like, I'm going to do my Hellboy without those notes. Because yeah. he sort of templates his other movie a little bit, which is weird to me. 
literally Rasputin gets into the the uh, <laughs> that villain. That's right. Yeah. The villain fucking finds the BPRD and has the and kills the professor in oh, yeah. the same space. And essentially, this is what Nuada does. He just breaks into the BPRD. And the battle happens in the same area. It's like almost yeah. It's like in Abe's library point. area. Yeah, it's weird as hell. And he also, probably just liked that. Del Toro was it, like, "What a cool set." Or is it like an <laughs> Evil Dead Two thing where it's just like I'm trying to remake the parts of the first <laughs> movie? It really is with more it of really a the same shad. Shaq, Hellboy, and Abe are both bad role models for men because we've already talked enough about Hellboy. But Abe, she straight up tells her him. When he's like goo goo eyeballed about her, she's like, hey, my he's going to find me. He has a connection with me, but he doesn't listen to her. So it's Abe's yeah. fault this even fucking happens. Mm. Yeah. Abe is like just being <laughs> awkward and like calls her ma'am and kind of focuses on that rather than being like, oh, wait, Nawada's going to like come in here any minute. <laughs> yeah. Also, Abe makes a lot of bad yeah, calls. It it's like that he's just connected. He's like, we're both weirdos. Like, that's why, like, that's the only thing they connect over, right? Oh, wait, no, they have some, they, they share, like, some literature. They've all both read something. They like maps. They like maps. Yeah, they like maps. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's it. They both the sound way, pretty boring. We skipped, we skipped over the magic bean battle, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, the magic bean battle is great. Oh, we skipped it? Oh, we shit, I'm sorry. It. Oh, yeah, because oh, the magic happens. bean happens yes. outside the market. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I went right over Nuata that. Because is just hanging out under the market, and a couple of creatures go tell him, a big red guy killed Wink. Yeah, killed Wink. <laughs> and yeah, he chucks this jelly bean dancing uh, like a bean, which like falls into some water and hydrates and becomes an enormous forest elemental, the last of its kind. It kind of looks like uh, the... F it, it looks exactly... Like the forest god in Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, like looks, ex it's the same thing. It's got like this split kind of a head with like its energy yeah. behind it and stuff. And yeah. I remember loving this sequence in theaters, probably because I was like, that's Princess Mononoke. And then watching it now, I was like, okay, so uh, Nuada lets the bean go. They they pull back to, a, they, the camera pulls back to watch the bean Go down a sewer as Abe chases after it. Why doesn't Nuada go for the map then? Yeah. Because they're all Everybody's chasing this thing down the manhole he cover. Just, he just disappears. All of a sudden, yeah. And then the other part of the sequence I forgot. It does lead to a cool loading a gun uh, set big of shots. Baby, like but we like, needed how, another gun. How, oh, and a baby, an actual baby, and big baby the gun. Yeah, getting the actual baby involved, I forgot about yeah. completely because it then leads to more Del Toro freak stuff. They didn't need additional stakes no. with a baby there. There's already a big right. monster, and there's like yeah. humans surrounding it and looking at it. I guess it's like, oh, we're really hammering home that Hellboy cares about humanity. And I guess really, at this point, we do have a pretty critical thing that I like glazed right over, which is like this big forest elemental is creating um, a threat to this city block. And Nuada, the prince, finds Hellboy like mid fight and is like, are you going to shoot this elemental? Are you going to betray these like magical fae beings for humanity? And Hellboy does just that. He shoots the last of its kind forest elemental in the head. 
And then it's a pretty cool shot, like a pretty cool couple of shots where we have the kind of fallout of the death of this forest elemental where it like covers everything in moss and becomes this flower that's like sprouts all of these like just like this kind of like pollen kind of falls beautifully and it looks wonderful and Hellboy is kind of like torn as to whether he should continue to help humanity or help this like more magical part of the world that's dying. Yeah, um, I yeah. I love it. I mean, you know, obviously it's 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 a very beautifully done scene, and like I think so too. Kind of like Del Toro at his like the best at his like action y best. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say so. And having like even like little things like kind of like almost too cute, but not too cute, like Hellboy. Climbing up a hotel sign so that and all of those letters being thrashed away by the elemental until Hellboy's just sitting on a big green H like, yes. uh, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like, OK, that's like it does end up looking cool. Like if you were like looking at it on a comic book cover, it feels very comic booky. This whole sequence feels comic booky in a really good way. Like it feels like Del Toro has really captured that kind of feeling, including like Liz even like walking around the aftermath as like this kind of beautiful pollen falls on the like on this mossy ground that it's left behind and kind of feels like this melancholy of like, what have we done? Like, is this all worth it? You know, it's a good vibe. It's like it's a good vibe. It's like, you know, it's it's one of it's it's I forgive movies for shit like this where it's like yeah like it took some little it took some plot shenanigans to get here but like yeah. when you're in the moment the vibe is so and it's you know it's an excellent. issue I yeah, it's like an issue I have with like, I feel like movies don't like big movies like this don't give us like vibes like this as much anymore. Like, it's just about like, let's get like, I don't know. I I, I, I have more thoughts on that than I might say for the end. But like, yes, like I, I, I this this movie is this movie is is more of a vibe than it is a like functioning plot. And I'm OK with that. I think you're totally right. Like, I think that there are big standout things in this movie that you Remember for a long, long time, I haven't watched this movie since it was in theaters. And I remembered very distinctly a couple of things from this movie. You know, I did forget huge chunks, like big swaths of it. But like a couple things, uh, especially visual things, really did leave a big impact on me. Mm. And it was cool to see. So like this is kind of also like juxtaposed, like the destruction of this elemental is also in the same little period where people are looking at Hellboy as though he's a freak, like, hey, you put this baby in danger. And literally humanity is like turning on them and being like, you guys are fucking dangerous to us, even though all they did, like they literally like destroyed this last magical thing in order to protect humanity. And then humanity immediately turns on them as like, fuck you. I thought it was like really cool. Like this whole shot was like really cool and powerful scene. I agree with the vibe of it. (laughs) I think I truly think it's clunky and it bothers me. And I think Guillermo had some great opportunities that he missed for me that I personally think if he would have gone more to the source, he would have found, a, I think a richer way to get to that vibe. Do you, do you mean just the vibe of the entire scene or just the end when the humans are like, boo, Hellboy? Well, I think the vibe, I think the vibe of that whole scene of that creature dying is, as you said, I think it's probably, it's probably one of the highlights of the whole film. Yeah. Yeah, I think the freak part is a little like, okay, but it, I, I think it's, hint, and I, I, I like Guillermo del Toro, and I think still he has some other movies that trump this, of course, Devil's Backbone. 
Everybody should see it. <laughs> I think he he I think that it he, he he decides to enter come in with the stuff that I love late. That it's like me catching up, but in a bad way for me. Like that beautiful moment of it dying is supposed to be about him now, like a duality of like, well, you're one of us. But I'm like, that's what, what are you talking about? I haven't been introduced to his even struggle with like two, him having two worlds, one for the one foot and the other. I haven't seen him tempted at what he's supposed to be. I, he's, he feels accepted other than the public doesn't know him. So it just feels a little shorthandy for me. I mean, but. really, I think I think he's doing it in a really good way here. But I think I agree with what you're saying, Dave, to the point where it's like they could have gotten to this point or earlier if they weren't feeding so much into the romantic relationships. Like, I don't really give that much of a shit about the romantic relationships in this movie. And to the to the to the degree where I think that the more interesting struggles are Hellboy and his struggle between humanity and the like magical world i think that that's more interesting than him and liz disagree over the dishes and cats and shit like that like i know that that's like it's there to be like this is a human problem and like real relationships have this problem where like little things get to them even in the face of this like larger struggle but i would argue like why this is what a sequel sometimes will do and i'm gonna use a weird a a different reference to sort of maybe try to make my uh, my point it's what Matrix sort of did, which I hated about the sequels, and this sort of does this a little with Liz and, and Hellboy's relationship. At the end of the first Matrix, if you remember, I felt we ended that movie going, yeah, he is the one. Yeah. But then in the sequels, they decided to backpedal and be like, no one's sure he's the one. We're all questioning if he's the one. And I was like, this is boring. We already solved that mystery in the first fucking movie. Now show me what's after that. Yeah. This de- in the end of the first one, and I don't even love these movies. No the- shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but in the first one, I think he very clearly makes it that they're supposed to be a couple. They're yeah. supposed to be together. It yeah. ends with that. And I hate that the movie then decides to be like, well, we don't know. Right. It's like, why don't you walk into this story saying they're yeah. meant to be and they yeah. work? And then I think you have so much more. And this is where my other argument is with that baby. I think that baby could have been a great thing. If it was about Hellboy using it to prove to Liz that he could be a good dad. Like if he had known he was going to be a dad, but Liz was hesitant. Like, I don't know. Oh, this sure. Like good. Liz told him early in the se- in the sequel in number two, hey, I'm pregnant. Then Hellboy has to prove himself like, hey, I don't all. The only thing I do is drink Tecate and fucking feed my cats, but yeah. I can also be a good father. Yeah, and yeah, then at the end of that, point. he's like, look, I could be a good dad. She's like, no, yeah. that doesn't, come on. Yeah, it sounds like the prescription that you're looking for, Dave, is uh, that this movie should have taken the Shrek 2 route. Sure. I can't remember Shrek <laughs> 2. <'Cause at> the, <laughs> I, I believe in Shrek 2, Shrek finds out that Fiona's pregnant and has to deal with or is that? I believe that's Shrek, Shrek the three. Third. I believe that's Shrek the that's Third. That's Shrek the Third. <laughs> hey, let's yeah. talk about this on our Shrek podcast. I, let's scale this Shrek back. <laughs> on Thanks, Shrek Joe. Talk. Shrek, Shrek two is their honeymoon to far, far away, mm. and meeting the and, and meeting that's the when in-laws. Prince Charming's involved. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think no. Yeah. Yes, yes. My Prince mistake. Charming and the and the fairy god. We find out the. Prince Charming is a fairy godmother's son, which doesn't make sense. Why does the why would he be a prince if his mom's fa- a fairy godmother? Anyways, I love everything. I just love that Shrek got, got into yeah. this. 
I know it's helpless to try to rewrite a fucking movie that exists. No, I think it's a. I no. think it's a great. It's like a thoughtful note for the mm-hmm. for the remake that we both make. Uh, you know, once the two thousand nine uh, two thousand nineteen Hellboy is completely forgotten, then we'll be able to make the third try at it. It'll be like the Andrew Garfield Spider Mans will just go away, and then we'll make the good version. Yeah, of course. And then I know I don't want to get to it yet because I do think it's probably my favorite. If my personal favorite scene of the, is with the the. the uh, I mean, let's get right to it. The angel of death. Angel's death. Okay. Okay. So what he sets up with Liz is so late in the fucking game, but it's so cool that I'm mad at it. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What he, what he sets Where up he, when. When he tells her, like, oh, he's going to bring the about the end of the does. world. I'm Dude, like, why is that not on the table? I totally skipped over that awesome forced uh, elemental part to get us to the fight where Nuada comes into the BPRD. He stabs Hellboy with a magic spear. A little piece of it gets stuck inside Hellboy that they can't get out. It's getting closer and closer to his heart every time they touch it. So I also want to I want to throw in really quickly. I like I like the I like the locker. I like the the scene where the oh, where. Johan? Ghost Seth, Mc, Ghost Seth MacFarlane beats yes. up uh, beats up Hellboy with locker doors. Hellboy gets like, pissed off at <laughs> Johan's like uh, trying to flex his authority, punches yeah. his fucking helmet off, and Yo- yeah, Johan inhabits some locker doors and bangs Hellboy up real good. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's <laughs> it like it's fun. a funny little physical comedy moment. They literally had to yeah. make some prop master had to make like a locker that had Hellboy's fucking sh- face shaped into it. Incredible. Yeah, it was a very like Looney Tunes fight scene, which I it was delightful. It was very fun. And then okay, so Hellboy has this thing stabbed into him. Nobody can get it out. Even Abe, who's like our librarian slash surgeon slash uh historian. No other BPRDD agent. No can do other BPRD agents perform <laughs> surgery. They can't get it. Um so Hellboy has to continue on this mission. They go to, you know, they finally kind of have this like meeting of the mind like they have like this sort of like uh like this agreement with johan kraus at a certain point johan they're like hey we got to take this uh we got to commandeer one of these bprd planes we don't have time to wait for the government to approve it you got to just come with us and be cool and johan's like you know what okay let's go be cool and he goes with so all of the like supernatural members of bprd it's such a weird i gotta talk about the moment because it it confused me for a minute on this viewing of like she she She's mad at them because they don't want to do anything and go after to try to save Hellboy. They just want to stop the Golden Army. And then he, she pretty much calls him. She's like, you're no longer human. And then he comes out and he like tosses her a bag that's just apparently his wedding rings. Which yeah, took a bag me a minute with to his figure out. two wedding rings. He's like, yeah. hey, I used to have a wife. I'll tell you all about it in the it's third like, yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Someday, and there's a lot of like in in in, in, move, in movie three. Get ready for this exciting story about how I That's like my not. my lost my wife, and then That's it's like, not. yeah, yeah, and it's sad to watch it now and be like, yeah, we never ever are gonna hear. We this. never, no, nope. um, yeah, never gonna happen. But at least we have like you know, Johan doesn't like pull the fire alarm on them and lets them take the uh, the ship or lets them take the fucking plane to Ireland. They go to the spot where the map tells them that this golden army is located. This little funny gremlin comes out and is like, hey, I'll take you there if you give me that shiny thing that's stuck inside Hellboy. I love that guy. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Oh, he's so good. He's really good. He's got little crabs crawling all over him. He's like walking around with the assistance of these like um, crutches, like attached to his arm in a cool way. Um, 
and he kind of shows them down into the secret area that's like guarded by this big giant that's submerged like stone submerged in the earth which is real also really cool looking and very like maybe the most like mike mignola-y looking thing in this whole movie like the doorway the shape of it i was like there's no way that this isn't like something directly designed by mike mignola it looks just like something he would make um they walk through that doorway into this big abandoned city. The little gremlin guy is like, hey, this city used to be so cool. You should have seen it in its heyday. Oh, it's really bad now. The elves are all dead. Let's go over here. I, I know somebody who can take that shiny thing that I want out of your chest. And he takes them to the angel of death, who is maybe the coolest looking thing in this whole fucking movie. Ugh. So, so cool. So Pan's Labyrinth. Like, just Very. like, yeah. Very. Like, all this amazing bony structure of a face and head and like eyeless until the wings expand and then all of these eyes along the wing like the bone of the wing open up kind of like with like a wet click in this like very like it's such like a cool reveal that this thing yeah like a million eyes which is very like if you look up descriptions of biblical angels like this is kind of close like they look really creepy with all of these eyeballs and shit with the eyeball that's borrowed that's from, from biblical from images. Bible, yeah, dude. that's like, like yeah. If you Google biblical angel, it's like weird shit. Like angels yeah, don't look weird. like little cute babies or like little blonde guys. They look like things with like thousands of eyes and like a million wings and all kinds of weird shit. It's very fun to look at. I got to get into this Bible it's stuff. Fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun. The coolest. It's, hey, the yeah. Bible hey. rules. Have you, do, have you, <laughs> would you be interested in reading the best selling book of all time? <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you think it's Stephen King or, or, or Harry Potter. I'm glad we finally got to the real point of this podcast. <laughs> podcast. The Bible. But actually, so it was all build up to this, to talking about this angel so we could yeah, you could start. You could slip in a little like. like come on, yeah. come yeah. on. To, uh, what are you? Are you busy on Sunday? Yeah, so we got a place you can come up. and learn all about it. Got it. That's a little seraphim. Oh <laughs> uh, crap! Welcome to church. Oh crap! The Bible <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So the angel's like, "Hey, I recognize this creature, Anungan Rama. He calls Hellboy by his like demonic name. Hellboy is like so out of it because his like heart hurts because a dagger is close to it." Uh, so basically the angel is communicating with Liz and being like, hey, I can totally save Hellboy. But just so you know, Hellboy's going to be the reason that the earth ends and that all this suffering happens. And Liz is in this toxic relationship. So she's like, I don't care if he destroys my world. I want him to be alive right now. And I'm going to, you know, give him my savings so he can go to computer school. Yeah, the kind of stakes that could have spawned yeah. three movies. Yeah. And it's like, and that's it. He's like, OK, so OK, so I'm going to save him. He pulls out the dagger, gives it to the goblin, who's like, shiny, shiny. Shiny. Um, <laughs> it's so fun. Very cute. I like his little, like, horns, too. Like, he's, like, he's like, don't forget me, friend. Don't forget me. <laughs> yeah. I'm right over here. I was the one who brought you. Oh, very, very cute. Do you think, real quick, do you think yeah. that Angel of Death just continually, like, disappears after every little interaction and then comes back and then just starts doing the thing that it was doing? When I it mean, he was in. saying, like, when Hellboy <laughs> showed up, he was like, oh, great, I was waiting for you to show up. Like, he said something along those lines where it's like, like This was always in the... Yeah, cars. like, this was kind of what I was waiting around for, doing my whatever the hell I was doing in here before. That makes sense. Um, Once Hellboy has the thing out of his chest, he's, like, feeling like a million bucks. Um, they go down to confront Nuwada. Yeah, he recovers. 
The goblin leads them to the resting place of the Golden Army, where Nawada awaits them. Uh, Abe gives... Oh, yeah. So, Nawada has his sister, Nawala, captured, and Abe Sapien, who has the last piece of the crown that Nawala hid in the BPRD, pulls it out and is like, Hey, don't uh, kill that girl. I have a crush on her. Here's the piece that could uh, destroy the world. And he chucks <laughs> the third piece of the crown at Nawada and says to help her, like, hey, you would do this for Liz. And we're all like, okay, I guess. And then Nawada has all three pieces of the Golden Army and wakes them up and they all start fighting in this, like, big fun fight where, like, we get to see them, like, you know, Hellboy, like, crunching into a Golden Army guy with his big right hand of doom. We get to see Johan leave his suit and inhabit soldier in the Golden Army mm-hmm. and he becomes My favorite part blue. of this scene was that. It was really fun, yeah. And he starts, like, kicking their asses, but they're indestructible. They all start, like recomposing themselves and like fixing themselves basically after a little bit. So it's like, Oh, you guys are fucked. Um, this doesn't matter. And, uh, so Hellboy finally calls out Nawada and is like, I challenge you to a, like a personal one-on-one off. And Nawada's like, you can't fucking do that. You're not a King, but his you're not sister, a Royal. You're not Royal. Nawala knows that's not true. Uh, he's a Nungan Rama. He's like a prince of hell. So he's allowed to challenge you. So they have their own little fight. Where... It's a cool fight. You know, yeah, it's like a cool the gear. The big, like through those like big gears and stuff. Yeah, they're like fighting each other. And Hellboy's like, like scuttling around as the gears are turning. He's kind of like skirting around to the back of Nawada to like fight from the back. Yes. Um, and I will really say 12 fun. years. 12 years later, I'm very appreciative of a like superhero move movie finale. That's just like, it's just a, it's like a personal fight between two characters yeah. in a like cool set in a like cool setting. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's like, it's so fun. Like as opposed to like Avengers, like Dave, I know you're like a big Marvel movie guy, but I think like that it feels very impersonal at the end of like the Avengers to have, them all fighting Thanos in a way that like it, this feels much don't get more me started to me. Okay. I disagree, but I won't go on a tangent. Okay, we'll <laughs> save it then. I, I I well I do think I do think I love all the like mechanics. I hated the effect he put when they first started fighting. It was like that weird fast motion stuff that was on it. That I gotcha. That was really ugly to my eye. But I do agree with like I did like the fun that I do like a hero like Hellboy. And this is going to go into a little a little thing I hate about the Guillermo del Toro movies. I love him having to outsmart the villain. Like, yeah. have to be like, well, I'm going to use these fucking everything around him. I love that. It's also a cool practical set that they built. Like, yeah. the, those, yeah. like those things are there, and he's, like, actually writing them. Yeah. Like, and at what most, I they're on wires, but it's really, like, beyond that, there's not a ton of, at least not a ton that was apparent to me as far as, like, cgi effects besides them you know it's a lot of wire shit they're like twirling and jumping and stuff in a way that like obviously ron perlman can't fucking do with all these prosthetics on his body for sure yeah i mean i love when they use stuntmen i think that's what was taking place in a couple of those shots as well it looks cool i mean i i again i like him outsmarting because i think this Hellboy is so gun centric that it's not one of my favorite things about this Hellboy. Oh yeah, yeah. From my favorite attributes of the comic is he's not a good shot. Therefore, it's just like, what's the point? He like yeah, he has a gun and he'll use it, but really, it's not like he doesn't. 
This, it's like he relies on it. Like, I hated when that kid in the beginning of the movie went to bed and he's like, I got to sleep with my gun. <laughs> I was like, fuck oh, this. Yeah, it's and, uh, this it's just NRA American audiences just like loving guns. And they were yeah. like, okay, we got to just jam some guns in here because we can also... Sell these at cons for the next 20 years. So at, at the uh, very least, some someone bought it on eBay for like five grand. I mean, some like <laughs> 500 people that like somebody yeah. made some money on fucking Good Samaritan and Big Baby, the fucking named guns that he has for some reason. Hellboy beats his little butt. He kicks his little prince butt, uh, but he spares his life because Hellboy's a good guy. And Nawada just tells him straight up. He's like, I'm not going to stop fighting for this because that's just who I am. Hellboy's like, they're there, turns around, and Nawada's about to kill him, but then we see a little trickle of blood, so we can we know that Nuala, his twin, has stabbed herself in the gut to stop her brother. They both die because of the twin connection. And yeah, that's kind of like she commits suicide for him, and um, Abe shares his feelings with Nuala before she dies. And it's like, yeah, I know you were flirting with me really hard. And then <laughs> Hellboy's like, oh, this crown, what a bunch of power. And Liz is like, nope, melted. And she melts it real good. So they can't ever use it. And then the, the whole army kind of like deactivates and falls apart down there. Yeah. And then they just kind of like walk away. All of the supernatural BPRD members quit. When they come out of this area, they see Tom Manning has landed from a helicopter or something. And they're like, we all quit the Why? BPRD. I mean, in the, in, in the comics, in, in the, the comics, yeah, I was going to bring up, this quits, is something that rubs me wrong. He, but everybody he has else a good continues reason. to work there. Yeah. And he has a good reason in Hellboy. Yeah. They, they do a whole setup that makes you go like, oh, he just. Basically he in Hellboy, like a member of the supernatural BPRD team gets killed because he did some risky mission that the BPRD set up. So Hellboy's like, hey, you treat us like we're expendable. I don't like that. I'm going to leave the BPRD. And it like makes some sense that Hellboy would leave the BPRD. In this, it's like, hey, wait, what? You kind of like, you guys were kind of all working to save humanity and you did that. Why? You know, it doesn't make yeah. a million percent he sense. He quits because he doesn't want regulation. He's just like, I don't yeah. want to do whatever the fuck I want. He's yeah. got, he wants to be a vigilante. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even more so than he, like, kind of already is. I'm tired of you telling me I'm bad at my job, which I don't want to get better at. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and then as they're walking away, and oh, I did like go. this very fun part of, like, the giant, the stone giant kind of turns to watch them all walk away. I was like, that's cute. Like, in the background, you kind of see that. Um, but as they're walking away, Hellboy's like, yeah, we got to, like, we can bring up our kid wherever we want. And Liz is like, doodle, 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 and, like, holds up two fingers indicating that there are twins. Um, and Hellboy's <laughs> like, blah, 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 what? And that's kind of, like, where the movie ends. So that's, that's the end of it. So there's a lot of fun shit. A lot of stuff that didn't make sense. And overall, a really good, fun movie experience that... If you don't compare it too hard to the comics, it's a real fun ride. It's a fun time. <laughs> I like, I'm, look, I I'm like, looking I, at Dave scowling. Well, I'm gonna. I scowled the whole time because it's. They're never. They're never gonna be. They. They haven't. It, I'll. I'll save everything get to for make my a final thoughts. One. Yeah. What did you guys think? Our wonderful guests. What do you guys? What's your overall thought? I mean, I. When I saw it in theaters, it was a true yeah. joy. Like it was one of. It's a very memorable. A uh, movie going experience for me, and in watching it now, it's like a 
solid popcorn uh-huh. movie. Yeah, I agree. What a nice yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, my appreciation, I really like this when I saw it in theaters and my appreciation for it has like really kind of only like grown over time. And I think like a lot of that is because I do feel like, like, 08 is kind of like this watershed year for superhero movies where you have like, I feel like I honestly, I feel like Hellboy two is kind of like the end of one phase of superhero movies, like these very like director driven, uh, like personal visions, you know, like this is kind of has more in, in common with like the Raimi, like Spider-Man and the Tim Burton Batman and even like the Schumacher Batmans that are like very like those are very distinctly like their director's movies um, as, as as opposed to moving towards like and I, it's I like no sh- no shade on these movies. I like uh, I like the MCU a lot. I, I like some of what the DC film. I like some of the DC film. I think by some I mean Birds of Prey and, and Wonder Woman. Yeah. But but like you know you're you're you uh, you kind of like move into this phase like steered a lot by Iron Man, but also I think some themed by some by, somewhat by like Dark Knight, where it's like all of a sudden it's not like these aren't director movies. These are like these are like. Corporate corporate movies. These are yeah. like, or like, I shouldn't say corporate movies, but these are like showrunner movies. These are like, this is like Kevin Feige's TV show, and he's the one that's deciding how, like, the pace and like direct. The directors get their little touches in there, but I yeah. think even the ones that are like, you know, even like the Guardians of the Galaxies and the Thor's Ragnaroks that you know are like have their distinct little like, you know, James Gunn's or or yeah. Taika Waititi touches. They're, they become they're, bigger than the director. Yes, they're bigger than the director, even to the extent that like the director aren't even directing the action scenes in those uh at least for the most of the mcu i know most of them are like they're those are just like hey like studio like studio house you're direct the action in the computer and you know we'll take care i will say one thing about that and i think everybody's made that a very big negative on marvel and i do think that that's something that they've blown out that people that are anti-marvel have blown out because second unit shooting action is not a new fucking thing. I don't, I, I agree. I agree that it's not a new, I agree that it's not a new thing, but I do think like the extent to like where it's like the same, like where, from what I understand, it's like not even like, you know, it's just like you, they get like shipped, uh, like a, a, like a layout from like a, from a, uh, like a effects sure. house. I mean, and by the way, I'm not even like throw, I'm, I don't even think it's like a bad thing. I think it's like what keeps it's just what it became. Yeah, it's what keeps the movies like the reason the MCU works is because it, it works the, for the reason like a a good television series works. I mean, I do think like the MCU is more of a TV series than like a movie series. It's yeah. like there's like a consistent vision that you stick with from film to film. But it's not like, you know, you know, you're not going to see Taika Waititi's movie. You're going to see like Taika, Weedy, Taidi, Taika Waititi's little touches in the Marvel universe. Whereas like this is a Guillermo del Toro movie like to like like to the extent that it's like more a Guillermo del Toro movie than a Hellboy movie, which is the same, like, you know, like compare, compare like Spider, where it's like, you know, compare Raimi Spider-Mans, which are like, that's a fucking Sam Raimi movie to like Spider-Man Far From Home, which is like, that's a Kevin Feige movie first and foremost. And like, I, and you know, I, and I like what the MCU does. I appreciate it. I think it it leads to a fun communal experience of going to the movies. But I do miss the experience of like, hey, we're going to go see like really like an really like a superhero movie or really just like an, a big like summer action movie that belongs to the director who's directing it. I think that's a great point. I want to add to that because I I agree. I agree because I think 
I think it's always been that way. It was just Hollywood caught up to uh, Hollywood or Hollywood. I don't know if the right phrase is caught up. It's that Marvel caught up with money. It was able to start making their way. They wanted to do it in the studio system because from comic book from the beginning, it's like Marvel had, you know what I mean? We know Stan Lee and them created it, but it's like, it's, it's been consistently what they wanted to do. That's the biggest complaint yeah. for comic book readers is like, oh, it's just other writers coming in and having to follow what the editors, in a sense of Marvel, tell them what to do, right? Yeah. It's not that everybody loves a Jonathan Hickman or a Matt Fraction that comes in and does something new to it and does their little touch, but it's always Marvel. It's always going to be able to get revamped or redone, yeah. whereas Dark Horse and Hellboy is a creator-owned property and other mm. things. And I think you're right. Guillermo del Toro, definitely we have lost that. We yes. have lost directors in, in big budget in a sense, for the most part, putting their personal touches on yeah. superheroes. And honestly, I think it's all cyclical and, you know, the MCU model, the, the extended universe model, I don't think it's going to last forever. Um, and we're just, this is the phase we're in now. And I, but you know, it's, it's this being so common makes me go back and like appreciate like, you know, the weirdness of like the, even the weirdness of like a Schumacher like Batman movie where it's like, say what you will, but like Schumacher just kind of did what the, like, Joan, I fucking love the Schumacher Batman. I do too. Honestly, I love the Schumacher movie. And like, I think, and, like, especially Uma Thurman knows exactly what fucking movie yes, she did. Yes, And absolutely nails it. Nails it's, it I think so that whole hard. cast nails it. Thank I you. love, I love, I love uh, Schwarzenegger in that movie. God damn it. But, <laughs> I love Schwarzenegger but, in that movie. But, like, and it's, like, not, like, and it's, you know, like, like I said, I like the MCU. I just wish there were, like, like, I, you know, I'm not gonna say I like this movie, but I still, like, I, when, like, Joker came out, when Joker came out, I was, like, it's cool that Todd Phillips is doing something weird with a super. He's like, I'm going to make a superhero movie. That's like, a t- that's like fucking a Scorsese seventies movie. I don't like that movie, but I do like that. Someone like was like, I'm going to do something else. I get, yeah. I, I, you can respect that. I don't I, respect I, that movie, but oh, I respect. I, hate, I, I, mean, I, hate, I I'm with you, Joan. I hate that fucking movie, but I, I, I respect the attitude. Yeah. And like that being an avenue of like, Hey, we can do something different. Yeah. And that I think movie, that's what we need. We need, like, yeah. we need, we, I don't know how this happens in Hollywood because of the money it takes to make a fucking movie. We need, like, a creator owned that's going to make something like a Guillermo or whatever director's out there to be like, I want to make a superhero movie, but in my vein. Yeah. And they make it well enough and it actually lands with audiences that they go, we want more of it, which is hard I- to do. I will say I do think that I, you know, I will the other I think that also happened two years ago and hopefully it's going to drive more. But I think Spider-Verse did that, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. So, you know, it's also and and I love I, you know, I think the MCU gives us very something very distinct and like cool, too, I, I which I, I love. You know, it's just like you you you. When when you go without something, you start to appreciate it more. Appreciate it more. Like I'm sure, like you know, back in the back like in the '90s, I wasn't like the shadow is so great because some director got to do whatever he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No one is. We're not like talking about the Phantom and going, "Wow." Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I can't disagree with that. I mean, I do I do wish. I wish somebody other than like James Gunn would take like a like a a dive into the superhero world and try to change it up because I do think there's some directors out there that would have a different take on it. But I also don't want it to be 
I mean, right now, this is impossible, I think. I would love someone to make something that's just for the screen versus everything yeah. Everything in this, in almost everything, there's exceptions, of course. I haven't seen it, but that one that James Gunn produced, the the anti-Superman one. Oh, Bright? Or, yeah. No, not Super? Su- wait, it was called like Bright, Bright Eyes? or Bright Eyes or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Oh, Bright, Bright Burn. Burn. I didn't yeah. see it. But, I do, but everything <laughs> seems to have to have already an IP attached to it. And I would love to see if somebody come around to go like, I'm going to do a superhero movie that has no attachment to... Yeah, I don't know if that's possible I mean, or when that would happen. I think I'd love it's to just too much money is tied into the shit at this point. And it's yeah, not, yeah. It's, they're gonna keep it as formulaic as possible because they just want to be safe and make sure they sell bed sheets and shit. I will say that's like this some before you know everything shut down. Like that's why, like honestly, like the uh, okay, I was Wonder Woman eighty four is probably my most anticipated summer movie this year. But after that, I was very excited for Free Guy just because I was like, this is like a hot, this is like a you know a big a big like high concept summer blockbuster that has no attachment to anything else. Like it's just like someone's probably dumb idea but i'm still like excited to go in being like <laughs> yeah. i don't know what the fuck free guy is i don't know like I, i'm yeah so yeah. so i'm i'm gonna see free guy i guess is what i'm saying <laughs> i want to see that wonder woman movie yeah yeah i'm bummed yeah, that that's damn. like i'm bummed that's coming to hbo max because i really like i wanted to see it in theaters so badly i mean right. in two years they might do like we will at least if we're still in los angeles it'll be something that i bet comes i bet i bet like I la would, theaters will be like yeah I we're gonna release this. the 2020 like miss outs or whatever like i bet there'll be a whole thing of like, 2020 rewind weekend it needs exactly, to happen exactly john yeah i saw tenant on the big screen yeah. Because I went to a private screening Where? that somebody rented out down in Cinemark and OC. You should really keep an eye out and start researching because I bet you I would not be surprised if they're mm. Because they're still releasing it in theaters. It's just limited. Good point. I bet you could get, if you could get 10 people, it was $100 or $120. You break that down, uh, it's so you, fucking wait, cheap. Maybe I will, do, I will do that. I will do that. Into it. You should look into it. Yeah, it was like, oh, no, it's a hundred dollars whole. And then okay. you, we were like 10, we were less than 10 people when we saw it because a friend of a friend's was like, hey, we have these tickets. You want to come? And we're like, okay, we can all safely go do it where none of us were sitting by each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a movie worth How doing it for. No, it was terrible. I hated it. Sock, but. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, Tenet's an original concept that I had no interest in seeing. Yeah, it's original in the sense that Christopher Nolan is just. He, his lead character is called the protagonist. Fuck off. But Fuck. it's he's also lazy. It's like, I love the technology, but then I feel like he's storytelling lazy. Blah, blah. This is not that type of yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. But, for our tenant podcast. But I'm just, I want to give you hope that you, there's a chance, Joan, that you could see I appreciate that, that Dave. And I'm going to, I'm going to start looking into that. I'll go to your social distanced uh, screening of Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be around. I'm around for the holidays. <laughs> Yeah. You're all invited. Yeah, I, Whatever. I You're all invited. <laughs> but I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, you should try to. Um cuz I I I love movies. I miss not that I was like, going to all, all the time or every weekend, but I'm happy I have a big screen that I can watch stuff, but I I I, I love sure the big screen. Been I the love the movies a little bit more screen. than I did. The last movie I saw was Gretel and Hansel or whatever. I saw fucking Onward, okay? You Onward, <laughs> Onward was the last two movies. Two movies I saw in the theater. I saw it like Onward. twice one weekend, and then I was like, never, never again. Yeah, I was like, Onward, your middle half is boring me and put me to sleep. You ended strong though. <laughs> yeah. 
I think 1917 was my last one, and that's, that's a good, good one, one to end on. That's a good one. Worst case, it's not the worst one for a last one. <laughs> okay, Kate, you want to go first for your final thoughts on this? Or no? uh, final thoughts, you know, all the really uh, saturated Del Toro stuff was really fun. All of the monster stuff was fun, including in Hellboy's room where you literally saw shots of the universal monsters that he was like, that Del Toro was trying to like encapsulate. I was like, yeah, that's it. That's what you wanted to do with this. That was all my favorite part. I could have completely cut out the romantic relationships in this movie and been a-okay. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's like what Joan was saying, like, I'm sure like studio executives were coming in like, you got to have XYZ in this movie or it's not a movie. So I can totally forgive it for all the like dumb shit that it does with that and um, just enjoy it for like, the angel of death and the spirit element, the, the forest elemental and like all the cool other shit that it uh, throws out at me. Yeah. So overall, um, yeah, like Rick was saying, great popcorn movie. Um, enjoyed watching it, rewatching it again for the first time in like probably a fucking decade. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it just made me want to watch like more Del Toro movies. I have a big question before we wrap yeah. this up, but I'll do my final thoughts before I get to the question for all three of you. Um, I'm going to make mine, try to make mine quick and simple. Too many dissolves. Anytime it got like sappy and then his dissolves, I wanted to die. I thought his dissolves were fucking cheesy. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to get that out of the way. That's just me and the filmmaker brain going, ugh, gross. Um, I, here's the thing. I think visually I absolutely love him. It does make me, I want to go back and watch the ones I love of his. Particularly, I loved Shape of Water. Yeah. And, like, Pan's Labyrinth is up there. It has some of the coolest shots in the world. Yeah, it's and awesome. And Pacific Rim, I think, is very goofy and fun. So fun. And if you haven't seen Devil's Backbone, I constantly think that one is underrated for him. I think it's a masterpiece in a ghost, great ghost story. The only thing that really bothers me about Guillermo, and I don't think he's ever sort of steered away from it, and it's just me, it bumps me in a weird way, I think he is a little traditional in the sense of men and women's roles in his Mm -hmm. movies. And it always bumps me a little always that they're always stuck in these sort of very dated stereotypes. And that's in it. And it, even in shape of water has it a little bit. uh, um, And then, but particularly like these movies, that's, it always goes like, God, get this, get, I wish you would just, he loves a meek woman. (laughs) Yeah, and I wish that he—he's a director that I wish sometimes would have a somebody else would come maybe come and co-write with him and help him out. That's all, because he is a genius. So I I highly respect him. Yeah, (laughs) it was fun. I agree with everybody saying it's a good popcorn movie. It's not like a boring watch. It is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. If you, I would never say somebody that they love this movie like you're fucking wrong. I'd be like, I just don't. Moving on. Enjoy the movie. Rock on. How much did you all like it? Don't it's like been it. 12 years yeah. since I... S- go oh, ahead, Joe. Oh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just like, it's been 12 years since I've seen it. I remember loving seeing it in theaters and watching it now. It's like, my tastes as a senior in high school weren't that bad. <laughs> uh, this is still a solid movie. The parts that I think I was willing to... I think in understanding story structure and learning about how movies are made, it's like uh, I would be less tolerant watching this for the first time now uh, for little logic things yeah. like the thing Dave mentioned about like that elf princess was being dumb. <laughs> uh, the fact that the fact that Nuada doesn't just take the map while they're all watching the bean. Uh, but 
all in all, like it's still a really fun time. It's Del Toro's a a well known great director for a good reason. This is yeah. just a blast. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, I like. I'm as I said, like like uh, I, my I like it better than when I saw it in OA. Like just just because of that thing of like yeah, like you know they don't make they don't make it like they use they don't make it like they used yeah. to. Oh, real quick before we like let you guys go, Joan, is there anything else that you remember from that Q and A that stands out to you? Ooh, let's see. No, I, the things I remember are him calling himself a fat fuck, raving about. <laughs> uh, Raving about um, Seth. Uh, Seth, and also oh oh um, he uh, he said that like I think it was a preview sc- I think it was like a preview screening so okay. the movie hadn't the, so like it was the movie hadn't come out yet and he wow. said he was get, planning on like he was like he said he always likes to ignore media entirely like the the like day his movie comes out because he doesn't want to like be freaking out a bit about uh about box office so I think he said he pl- he was getting ready to assemble his his family's new entertainment center that weekend to distract so he didn't have to like oh. think about how it was doing at the box That's office so so, so yeah funny. yeah so it's like yeah i've got it coming like i think he's i think he said it was like from ikea or something it's like That's yeah i'm just adorable gonna he's gonna go on. like alan wrench together his family's yeah, ba- entertainment system basically basically so he did not yeah that's the other thing i remember he just became my absolute favorite director <laughs> he's, cute. <laughs> he's, cute. he's like he's cute he's That's like a adorable. cute man i love that yeah he's fun oh uh, every interview I've seen with him, he's just delight. He seems jolly and delightful. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching this movie. I have a no question, problem. though. Yeah, I have yeah. one big question for you guys. So, we're never going to get a Hellboy 3, as much as there's articles Not that from Del Toro, no. From Del Toro. What would you, what do you think happens? I want to know what you three, which him, he has, he's left the BPRD. He has twins on the way. Mm-hmm. He is the, 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 the harbinger of doom for all of the world what to you what would you want to happen in in hellboy 3 if it was made mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean all of them have left the bprd i bet they start their own kind of like rogue uh supernatural crew so you like a ghostbusters like a <laughs> yeah. yeah here's my answer and i didn't say this at the top but my only and tree into the Hellboy universe are the two movies. I never saw the 2019 one because it looked uh, depressing. And honestly, I don't really remember what happened in the 04 Hellboy. We've made it this far into the podcast. so I'll just say like, this is all the Hellboy I've ever taken in. Uh, So if I'm doing the third Hellboy movie, uh, I would take the Bill and Ted face the music route, uh, in which case uh, Hellboy's twin daughters uh, need to go back in time or uh, they need to do something. They have to write the greatest rock song of all time. (laughs) It's just a love song. And then Hellboy and Liz get involved somehow. (laughs) Abe's there. Can I build Uh, on that? I don't think you need Johan. Can I build on that? I think... I think yeah. what happens is his twin daughters, they end up having to try to parent trap and bring back Liz and Hel and Hel- oh, They break like up that. and then they're to together and they find out they're twins and then they have to parent trap them back. Wow. <laughs> That's also it. good. I love it. <laughs> I think I'd want to see like also like a good, like they, they need to be like good and like one needs to be like good and one needs to be like bad. Yes. Yes. Like yeah. uh, Thanos' kids. Yeah. Yeah. One's good, one's bad. And they got to fight. 
And one, gotta, it, one likes girly stuff and one likes soccer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, do you think when they're born, one's a demon and one's more human? Um, hmm. sure. Oh, or, or, or is one like one like hell, but more hellboyish, and is one more like Liz? Fiery. Yeah. I think one has hellboy bottom yep. and human yeah. top. Yeah. And one has <laughs> Hellboy top and human bottom. We did it. We wrote the or third one. They're both split. Yeah, fifth, like left uh, side vertically. and right side, like this. Yeah, I love it. Let's write it. Let's These write are all it. Perfect pitches. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you both. Uh, this has been a delight. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. For our listeners, um, hey, listeners out there, you should definitely check out more from both of them. Um, where can they find you? Let them know. Let us get plug your social media and and something. If you have anything coming up, let them know. Uh, you can find me at Zwixpix, Z-W-I-X-P-I-X on Instagram. I'm Zwick tweets on Twitter. Uh, I don't have anything coming up. Just an LA local business. Just to shout out during these strange times. Uh, my buddy Chris, uh, sells, uh, underground barbecue uh and you can find him at bobby's small batch b-o-b-b-i-e-s small batch on oh, instagram yeah. so i'll just shout out my friend's business oh that's available in los angeles yeah los Ooh. angeles area Ooh. uh and the santa clarita yeah, i'm so area. sorry can Ooh. you say it one more time bobby's small batch b-o-b-b-i-e-s small oh, batch yeah. uh i think he sold out i mean this will come out probably after thanksgiving he sold out on turkeys but he does it like probably every other Let weekend check it out. uh it's not like a full it's just a it's just him on his own it's not like a brick and mortar restaurant you can find me uh on instagram and twitter as joan haley ford um and also twitch at, at twitch.tv slash joan haley ford i'm doing shows every now and then I, I should have a regular schedule but i don't um that's it yeah i'm joan haley ford everywhere Definitely check out Joan's show. I guested on it as a very dumb character the other night for Halloween, and but it was delightful to do that with you, Joan, and very funny stuff. It was very nice to have you on. <laughs> very uh, funny. Dumb characters are my favorite. Great. Um, and listeners, um, we want to hear your thoughts on Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. You can share your thoughts with us and have them on the show. And if you, all you got to do is email us at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. As well as you can follow us on social media. That is Aw Crap A Hellboy Podcast on Instagram, as well as Twitter, Aw Crap Hellboy. We will respond to your comments in your direct messages, but if you want your thoughts on the show, remember to email us, Aw Crap A Hellboy Podcast at gmail.com. And if you can please go out of your way, um, in addition to subscribing and listening to us, if your format allows you to give us a, a rating and a review, do so. But if you go on to Apple Podcasts, and you give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom, B-O-O-M, boom. We will read your review right here on the show and give you a big old shout-out and give you all the best wishes. We call that Boom Reviews. So please, give us a Boom Review that brings more listeners to the show. Thank you again to our very special guests, Joe Ford and David Zwick. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and a delight to have you. And listeners, thank you again for listening. And remember, we love you. Sorry. <laughs>
<laughs> can you hear Jess yelling yes, at my Yeah, I can hear Poppy. I can hear Poppy. She's being bad. Merry Christmas, everyone. Alan Blake Bachelor here, the co-creator and head writer of One Million Musicals. Gasp! What's that beneath your tree? Why, it's a shiny new One Million Musicals Christmas special just for you. The South Pole Santa Claus. For the South Pole Santa Claus is there for you when you are down and out. Featuring a star-studded cast that includes Broadway's Ron Bomer, Kaylin Fu, Cody Jameson Strand, Sandra Joseph, John Pinto Jr., Teddy Trice, and starring Corey Jones as the South Pole Santa Claus. Coming December 21st, subscribe to One Million Musicals on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.